As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. For example, Protestants worship God in their Bible studies, fellowship, and spirit-filled services. And Catholics worship God in their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house, fighting over who God loves more, just because we think our way is the best way. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. We must join forces. Let's stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. We like this idea so much we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians reveal shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their life and what happened next. Hi, this is Dr. Scott Hahn and you're listening to Joseph Warren with Broken Catholic. You're going to enjoy everything you hear. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, over drinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap, you half-ass your workouts, your health is slipping, your finances are slipping, your marriage is slipping... Your parenting is slipping. Your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me. I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our shredded father's brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to shreddedfathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move. Today, my featured guest is Jonathan Walton. He's a poet, an activist, and an author of 12 Lies That Hold America Captive and the Truth That Sets Us Free. He's from Broadnaxed, Virginia. Today, he lives with his wife, daughter, and dog in New York City, my former stomping grounds, and is a member of New Life Fellowship in Elmhurst, Queens. For 10 years, Jonathan has directed InterVarsity's New York City Urban Project and is now an area director focusing on experiential discipleship and spiritual formation. You can find him at 12liesbook.com. That's the number 12, one, two, liesbook.com, 12liesbook.com. Jonathan Walton, welcome to Broken Catholic. Go Mm. ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Oh, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, 
there are since 2011 um there's been three prayers that kind of guide my life and one of them um is a prayer of saint francis and so i uh, deeply grateful uh, for my catholic brothers and sisters and the gifts um of uh ignatian spirituality and um, the deep theology of the Jesuits and the Catholic workers, like, uh, and the gifts that, that's been to me. Um, I am not Catholic. Um, their audience cannot see me. Um, but the tradition that I come from is a Black um, Southern church. Um, because of the history of this country, which we'll probably get into, I, my church was on the plantation where lots of people that look like me were for a long time. And that's, that's the tradition I come from. Um, fortunately, um, I got a scholarship, came to New York City, because that's what brings country folks out the woods, <laughs> is scholarships. And so um, God actually met me in a deep, profound way in InterVarsity Christian Fellowship at Columbia University. And um, I think I've been able to call him Lord ever since, um, mm. being a student there, as opposed to just knowing him, knowing about God. Um, but knowing him for real. So really, really and I, I love that distinction you just made. And so many Christians, Protestant Catholic do not make that distinction mm-hmm. of there is a difference, broken Catholic BC nation. There's a difference between knowing of God, studying of him and actually getting to know him. Mm-hmm. And I go even further, letting him know you. Mm-hmm. Remember Jesus says, that's how we're going to be judged. I did not know you. He doesn't say you didn't know me. He actually says, some of you are going to claim you know me. Oh, yeah. Will, and I'm going to uh, say, go away. Yes. I don't no, no. know you. Why? And what does that actually mean in my interpretation? It means you didn't take the time to spend time with Jesus in silence, listening to his plan for your life. That's where you get to know him and he gets to know you. That's where relationship happens is when we spend time with another. Yes. And man, those two passages, there's, one it shows up in Luke one it shows up in Matthew and there's two two different ways right when he says I did not know you the first group thinks they'll be saved by actions and so they say we cast out demons in your name we healed in your name and the other group thinks they'll be saved by association so but we were there when you casted out demons we were there and I'm just like oh gosh if only it worked out like that, <laughs> you know, but that, Dude, that that'd be like, you know, I, I think of like uh, some of the famous people like Will Smith or whatever. And he's got some famous quotes. He's like, you know, you weren't there for me. So now that I'm at the top, like, who are you to me? Right. Yeah. And, and they're like, dude, but we hung in the hood together, man. Don't you remember? Like we were exactly. bros. And he's like, I don't know you. I don't know you. Exactly. Just cause you listen to my CDs, you <laughs> memorize all the words in my songs, just because you're from Nazareth doesn't mean that like, that's right so no bc nation you know we're, we're having fun here jonathan and i but it's the same thing just because you listen to my cds or just because you read my book the bible right. doesn't mean i know you exactly it doesn't mean you invited me into your heart it doesn't mean you've yes. spent time with me so jonathan i really like the way you started um you're like hey listen i love my catholic brothers and sisters right and and you guys have poured so much deep theology and spiritual richness and beauty from your faith tradition into mine, right? And that's really what I heard you say. And to me, you're a badass Protestant, right? Oh. And slash, slash aspiring Catholic, right? <laughs> because you're taking on some of the Catholic spiritualities mm-hmm. that you really get. Hey, some of these saints were very holy men and women 
that gave their life to God and, and spent time with him. And they did holy hours Mm -hmm. every single day with God. And that's where they grew in their relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And their works were just an outpouring of that time spent with their maker. Yes. Yes. Right. And the two, the two go together, right? It's not a, this or that it's a, this and that. So it's faith Mm -hmm. and works. Right. And I'm such a a big advocate of that. So Jonathan, let's shift this for a second. Yeah. Share something personal about you that very few people actually know in your business life. Oh man. Um, shoot. Every day, um, the hardest thing for me to do, um, and I didn't realize this until sabbatical, um, is that I wake up and live for an audience and that audience replaces, or I've been working for most of my, I would say probably since I was about 14 or 15 years old for that audience to replace the affirmation that I did not get from my mother and father. Which was what? Um, what was that my, affirmation that yeah, you been yeah, chasing yeah. your whole life? My dad, so my dad cheated on my mom. I found out about it when I was eight um, because I walked in on him um, having a conversation with a woman outside my mom in his bedroom when I was, when I was eight years old or I'm mm-hmm. sorry, six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like obviously changed a lot of things. Um, but it didn't come full circle until I was 15. Um, and kind of the, the history of infidelity and his absence, though he was present, kind of came full on. Um, but obviously infidelity breaks two people. It doesn't break one person. And so my mom was a different person. And so um, as I've been reflecting and exploring, um, this, this past couple of years, the, the hardest thing about following Jesus is for me is the acceptance that he is enough. Mm. That, 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 that me with him, that's what I was made for. Mm. That us sitting like my, one of my students who, um, he had a vision. He said, Jonathan, I don't know if this means anything to you. He said, but I saw you uh, like with God and you, for some reason you had saw blades. Like, I don't know if that means anything to you, but you had these saw blades and he just like gave them to you. And it doesn't, and so in the country where I'm from, we make up games and I used to take circular saw blades and throw them for fun. Cause that's what you do in, the, in where I'm from. I remember making, um, nunchucks out of like a sawed off uh plunger stick and a dog chain and nails just like i would try to make the things that i saw i made a grappling hook out of a candlestick holder and rope that i braided you know like those like things we do in the woods as kids and i just wept when he said that jesus gave that to you um another one of my friends had a vision uh, we were doing a, a guided prayer time and he said Jonathan you know God just wants to read your poetry just you and him just that's it you know and I think um that's probably the hardest thing for me right now I didn't realize that's probably been the hardest thing that most of my life is that Jesus just wants to hang out with me and that audience the creator of the universe the son of God the spirit is is enough um but I realize that's that's a really difficult thing for me right now well, I think for all of us, 
Jonathan. And thank you for being real transparent and, and raw and vulnerable there. And BC Nation, um, the reason that you and I, I believe, the reason that you and I don't feel or believe that God is enough is because we don't truly believe that we're, we are enough. Absolutely. That's the core of it. And the reason why we grew up in broken homes where we missed out on that fatherly, you know, completed love or that motherly completed love. We're now walking around as adults with father wounds and mother wounds, some of us, right? And we're now projecting that onto our heavenly father, Mm -hmm. uh, the relationship with our human father. Well, I couldn't trust my dad and my mom couldn't trust my dad because he cheated on her or whatever. So how am I supposed to trust this God? Mm -hmm. Like, right? And and we're, we're looking at God through the lens of human brokenness. Yep. And we're making God small Mm -hmm. instead of seeing him as God, right? Mm -hmm. He's outside of our brokenness. He's not limited by our brokenness. He's not stuck within it. That's why he can save us. That's Mm -hmm. why he can pull us out because he's outside of it. So BC Nation, that's a very inspiring and hopeful witness and, and thought. So I really challenge you if you're wrestling with what Jonathan's saying and, and Jonathan's being a great spiritual leader right now, because leadership to me simply means you go first. Mm. And Jonathan just went first and say, Hey, this is what I wrestle with. This is what I struggle with. It's been showing up my whole life. How do I get rid of it? What do I do? How do I just believe that Jesus is enough for me and I'm enough for him? Mm-hmm. Jonathan, what shows up for you in all that? Say again. Um, what shows up for you in hearing that oh, repeated back in a different way? What, what shows up for me is it is extremely difficult to surrender. And I think that <laughs> the reality of like, when people say a leap of faith, um, there's a moment when you jump from one place to another where your feet are not on either surface. There's a weightlessness that happens. And that is terrifying, right? So when I sit across from my wife um, and I say, I'm never going to do that again, look at porn, right? I'm never going to do that again. Look, I mean, when we were dating, like look at another woman while I'm with you. I'm not, there's a moment there where she has to trust me, right? Even though she was broken by something before, right? And now, fortunately enough, like, God has never betrayed our trust, right? But the, the, the anthropomorphism, that fancy word, you know, for projecting our parents onto God um, and then redefining him in our image and the image of the brokenness around us, there's a moment where we have to say, like, I'm going to believe, you know? And that is a terrifying thing because I might get hurt. He might let me down. He might do it like, you know, and I'll, I'll never forget every time we do a deliverance, uh, fancy word for exorcism for us Protestants, right? Um, is, is there's a moment I can't do anything for this person. I can't, I can't meet them. Like when we pray for healing over sexual violence or pray for someone like one student, I remember he's like, my virginity I lost it in a brothel in Shanghai when I was a kid. What do I do about that, right? There's this moment where I can't do anything for them. Like I'm praying and we're both jumping and Jesus has to come. Like the spirit has to enter in. And, um, and I think that 
there's a perpetual vulnerability in following Jesus, whether mm. it be a personal thing or a relational thing or a systemic thing. Um, yeah, so that's what jumps out for me. It never is easier. Never so, Jonathan, is. you may not know this, but I do uh, spiritual coaching, right? That's my, my uh, full-time business now, and God's called me into it, and I had both my other businesses acquired and so that I could start doing this. Um, and the number one thing that I teach is the surrender principle, mm. right? And it's what's shown up in all our coaching. And it's this learning how to surrender the struggles mm-hmm. and the successes in our everyday life. And learning this everyday surrender is the most difficult thing we will ever do because mm. it's what I believe it's a crucifixion of ego. When Jesus says you have to die to yourself, he's saying die to self. Now, it doesn't mean you're physically dying. It's saying your ego, you have to nail to a cross next to him. Yes. Are you willing to do that? And it's the most difficult thing because it looks like trust. Mm -hmm. Exactly what you said. And it's that leap. It's faith. It's full on faith, right? It's all in. Balls to the walls. Excuse my term, BC Nation. But it's all in faith. And this is what Jesus calls us to. That's what coming to know Jesus and Jesus coming to know you looks like. Mm-hmm. When you jump, you trust he'll catch you. Yes. And the, and the image that I, I get with that is, is marriage, right? It's like we're not, we're not ever kind of married. You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not kind of in a covenant with my wife. Like I'm, I'm in, you know, and I, I, you know, Revelation 21 is like my, my, my passages, even Revelation 21 is so important to me. Someone told me to turn to Revelation 22 and I was like, what are you talking about? Right? <laughs> I was like, right. There is another chapter. There, there's 22 chapters, guys. Um, but it was so important to me, you know, when my mom was dying, when my mother-in-law, my father-in-law passed away, when like, this is like hanging my hope in Revelation 21, you know, um, that there will be this wedding where, where, there's, where we're all in, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm grateful that God's not a, a half-assed God. Like he didn't email mm-hmm. us salvation. He didn't like drop a leaflet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> like the, the son of the living God, like came to be among us. And, you know, the, you know, the Christian year right now, um, uh, you know, there's, there's Advent, but then there's like this, this season, you know, um, where we get to get to celebrate that, that Emmanuel has come, you know? So anyway. Yeah. yeah, that's that's powerful stuff. All right. Uh, I'd like you to give us your top three spiritual tips that BC Nation can implement into their spiritual life to grow deeper in this relationship with Jesus that some of us may never have experienced. Okay. Like some of us have come to know Jesus, but we've never experienced him in a real tangible relational way. Mm-hmm. How do how does BC Nation do that? Give me your top three tips. Top three. So the first one um, actually comes with Pete Scazzaro, emotionally healthy spirituality. Um, he said, and I mean, obviously this is all repackaged from Jesus, but <laughs> your, he said, your spiritual maturity will never outpace your emotional maturity. Um, and there was a man that I met and he said, um, for 21 years, I've been a Christian. He said, but I've been a first year Christian for 21 years. And most of us, never move beyond deliverance into discipleship. We stay right there. Um, and so I think, and a lot of that I think has to do with emotional health. And so the first thing that I would say is your emotional maturity, uh, your spiritual maturity will never outpace 
your um, emotional maturity. So what might be an action step as far as a tip or a strategy? Um, I think two things. Um, I'll recommend Pete's stuff, the Emotionally Healthy Discipleship Series. Um, And I think that gets at the personal and relational stuff. And then I would recommend um, our Emotionally Healthy Activist curriculum to get at the systemic stuff. Um, Because for most of us, the reason we can't you know, have that hard conversation with our wife or our friends or that person at work is because of our genogram. Like our family doesn't know how to do conflict and Jesus has never come into that, you know? And for a lot of us, like we've never, we can't have conversations about race and gender and class because our families don't know how to do conflict. I can. That's what we do on Broken Catholic. We get real and raw, right? The real deal, baby. Yeah. Right. And dude, listen, I want you to know I married a Baptist, a Southern Baptist. Oh, so you went outside. I understand. It's hard. <laughs> Listen, and I want you to know that we had those family dynamics, yeah, yeah. right, with her family. And right. they didn't understand Catholics. They, right, a lot of uh, uh, generational ignorance yes. about what they think we believe, which is not true at all or based on mm-hmm. facts or history or anything, right? Yes. And, and to have those conversations, but before I went in and had those very difficult conversations, we surrendered it up. We surrendered mm-hmm. the conversation. We asked for Jesus's healing in that conversation mm-hmm. and tears were shed multiple times on multiple multi-hour conversations. Right. Mm-hmm. And Jesus's healing has taken over that relationship. And now they call me son. Yes. Like Amen. it's Amen. absolutely amazing. And I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And it looked exactly like what you said. I jumped, I was in the air and I was like, Jesus, we need you to catch yeah, us because I, I do. don't yeah. see the light here. I don't yeah. see it. All I see is darkness. I don't see a way out of this, this brokenness with the families. And he did, yeah. bro. Amen. It's, it's so awesome. What's your number two spiritual tip? Um, number two, I would say um, <laughs> we are – oh, man. No, I have to unpack this a lot. Um, Make it concise. Yeah. We, we are not the Israelites. We are Babylon. And, and what I mean so by that is- So we're the Gentiles. Uh, well, we're, I would say we're the empire. Okay. Like, so I think for a lot of times we like to cast ourselves as those who are powerless and those who are um, under siege and those who are victims. And, those, yes. and, and, and I, I think we actually need to change that. Like, no, we're, if we are not sons and daughters of the Most High God actually entering into the power and reality of the kingdom- we're actually agents of another empire. Um, and I think we need to understand that like in this, particularly in the West, like me and you are on expensive, expensive technology, having conversation hundreds of miles away from each other. We are not on the class spectrum at the bottom. That's not the case. Uh, we like, I have an Ivy League degree right? I have a graduate degree. Like we are working towards things Like we have to understand where we are in, in these systems and structures. Um, I'm a man, right? Like I am straight. Um, there are all these things that are setting me up on the other side of oppression, right? And so I, I think we need, we need to adequately understand that we are, uh, we must be resistant to the patterns of the world. And if we're not actively doing that, then we're, 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 we're participating in them. Um, I agree so much. So- BC Nation, I, I'm a, you know, piggyback what, off what Jonathan's saying. 
so many of you are struggling with your purpose. You have no idea why you're here or what you're meant to do or what God's plan for your life is. And I believe the reason why you're struggling with your purpose is because you have no idea who you are. It's an identity problem. Yeah. And Christianity has an identity crisis right now. We have forgotten exactly what Jonathan is saying. We've forgotten that we are sons and daughters of the creator of the entire bleeping universe. And we walk in his power and in his authority. And even though we don't feel good enough, or we don't feel worth it. Remember the prodigal son's story. When the son came home saying, father, I'm not enough. Make me a slave. The father did the exact opposite. He threw a robo on him, which says, welcome back into the family. Yeah. Then he put a ring on his finger that says, here's my authority over my household. Mm -hmm. Right. And the question remains, and a buddy said to me, and it changed everything for me. He's like, Joseph, they had the party with the prodigal son, but then the next morning the son wakes up. Then what? Mm -hmm. He needed to learn how to live in the father's house again. And this is where we all struggle. Imagine coming back to the father's house, but still thinking you're some slave, wretched human and you're not the son. That would cause a whole lot of problems in your life. And I believe that's how we're living right now. Rather, to Jonathan's point, accept that you are truly the son of God. You are truly daughter of God when you accepted Jesus into your heart and you claimed him and went into covenant relationship with him. You now have become one flesh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, and to really get that foundation that your, your sonship and your daughtership, that's the game changer for everything. And it's what I do in my coaching, right? We start there. We got to fix that. Because yeah. until we fix that, there's no foundation. Everything just falls every time you try to stack something, it just falls. All right, what's your number three, Jonathan? Oh, man. All right, so number three, I would say um, we need to be as passionate about discipleship as we are about deliverance. And what I mean by that is um, we are called to be disciples, not just converts. And most of us have not moved beyond baptism, have not moved beyond like the moment I decided to say yes to Jesus. And so I think um, the reality that like, uh, I'm writing a, a paper right now um, that I hope will turn into a book on Jerry Falwell. Um, it's actually a follow-up to 12 Lies. And he said something in a debate with Jesse Jackson about racism. And he said, um, God delivered me from that. Um, and I think that's absolutely right. Um, but he was not discipled out of it. And so God can deliver me from pornography, but I actually need to be discipled around my sexuality. God can deliver me from um, greed, but I actually need to be discipled out of exploitative capitalism, right? God, God can deliver me from things, but like, I actually need to be pruned. Like John 15 doesn't say like, you know, I am the vine, you are the branches, my father is the gardener. He cuts things off one time and you're good. <laughs> like that's not what happens, you know? It's like, there's a pruning, there's a change in that happening. He says, I've done these things that your joy might be complete, mm. right? And I, I think that our, our discipleship and formation and Catholics would know much more about this than me. Like is there's a, there's formation that happens when we spend time with Jesus. And so I would mm. say we need to be um, as, as passionate, as invested in um, discipleship as we are about 
this initial freedom. And that's why when I give marriage advice to in our experiential discipleship programs, I'm like, your wedding is one day. If you spend $20,000 on your wedding, would you spend $20,000 on counseling so that you can actually do marriage? Because the day is great. You know, you've got the cake, you've got the people, but all those folks leave. And then you're naked and hopefully unashamed <laughs> in front of this person in real life, you know? So, so that would be my, my life. That, that's super powerful. And, you know, uh, in the Catholic tradition, this is why uh, marriage prep, preparation, because they call pre-cana is mandatory now because we see so many divorces and the church is learning from that and saying, wait, you know, we need some formation for, for Christian couples mm -hmm. on what does it take to be a faithful husband and wife before, yes. before you you're in the covenant, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Not just walking in unequipped. Right. That's a very right. dangerous game. And that's where the enemy wreaks havoc on, yes. on marriages. But I, I want to go back to your, your third point to move from uh, saved to discipleship. And, yeah. and the way I'm going to break this down, simply my understanding, correct me if, if I'm getting it wrong, Jonathan, but uh, it's not enough for Jesus to uh, unshackle us. Um, from the chains that bind us, whatever that vice is, that slavery around us, if after the chains are released from us, we still walk around with this slavery mentality, yes, and then we find something else to bind us. Yes, yes, because uh, Pete, Pete Scazzaro, and I think this was a saying from Nyack um, Seminary, he said, Jesus is in my heart, but Pharaoh is in my bones, <laughs> right? Like, when, when me and Priscilla, my wife is Chinese and Korean, and the reality is like, she's one generation away of war refugees, mm -hmm. right? So if we're having a conversation about money, I'm not just talking with my wife who's in front of me, I'm talking with her family who came here with nothing, mm -hmm. right? If, my, if Priscilla is talking with me about the police, she's not having a conversation with me, she's having an entire conversation with my people group and the history with law enforcement. Right. When we are sitting down and having a conversation, it is impossible not to interact with our families as me and you are dialoguing, as me and her are dialoguing. And so freedom in Christ is not an event. It is a constant movement and making us more Christ-like. Um, mm. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that's super powerful, right? I'm yeah. thinking about, you know, when uh, Moses, you know, he, he frees uh, Israel or whatever, right. and, and they're wandering in the wilderness, and then life gets a little hard. Right. Uh, they go right back to slavery mentality. Hey, yeah. bring us back to the chains, because this is really uncomfortable, you yeah. know, it, yeah. because they weren't formed yet on, on, on being free and being the chosen people. They didn't mm -hmm. get their identity yet. Yes. Freedom is hard. It's, it's, it is weird. Like, I will be like, totally honest with you. Um, I knew I had changed around how I see women and how um, just like my, my mentality around sexuality when um, someone showed me a picture and I was, um, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. Um, it's like, I had forgotten that if I Googled certain things, these images would come up, right? They were like, oh, I, I, they said, oh, Jonathan, like, look for this. And so I searched, it was, oh, it's Teton. So Tetons is a, it's a national park. It's beautiful, right? But Tetons also means breasts, right? And, or three humps. And so I Googled, and I was like, oh my gosh, I did, like, I didn't make that connection this time, 
right? Like mm -hmm. my brain is actually different now. I don't objectify women. When I go online, like my primary attention is not towards how I can pleasure and gratify myself, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Like I've, I've actually been changed in some way. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So I'm there, so there's been a renewing of the mind. Exactly. As yes. Jesus promised, right? The yes. Rewiring and BC nation. Some of us need our minds rewired yeah. because our minds are out chasing things that hurt us or hurt others, mm -hmm. right? It's doing self harm. All right. So we got to wrap this up, Jonathan. Yep. Great show. Really good, buddy. All right. Mm -hmm. So we're listening with Jonathan Walton. You can find him at 12liesbook.com, 12liesbook.com. Jonathan, here's what we didn't get into today. The 12 lies, uh, which is, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> but we let God lead this conversation and, and this is what showed up. And I think this was a powerful conversation. And mm -hmm. it's a conversation that one of you, one person out there needed to hear. This was meant mm -hmm. for you. And, and there was freedom in it. And as Jonathan said, freedom is hard. Mm -hmm. Right? Freedom is a choice. And then living in freedom is hard. It's true. Right? And it takes what I call everyday surrender. Everyday surrender. So Jonathan, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. See how okay. Catholic that is? Let's get into it. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? Let's do it. All right. What's your favorite thing about God? Oh, he loves me. It's terrifying. What's your, le what's your least favorite thing about God? That he wants to be close all the time. <laughs> I'm like, terrified. Really? Seriously, God, all it's so time. needy. <laughs> <laughs> right uh what you, what are you most afraid of something happened to my wife terrified mm. terrifying got it what did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s <laughs> watching pornography <laughs> watching porn got it what secret fear do you have about people oh that they're judging me because i'm black got it all the time yeah that, yeah, that's a generational thing going on there, right? Just running in the subconscious. Yep. And if you could be real and raw here, we all struggle with something. Yeah. Um, even today, right? Uh, what are you currently struggling with in your personal life? I'm always struggling with three things. Overeating, self-gratification, whether it be masturbation or pornography. It's always playing, even though it's not part of my life anymore. And um, working out too much. Like it's, it's constantly, there's something grabbing me to eat or to work out or to jerk off or whatever that they it's it's oh man it's always present so i have to resist that dude i really acknowledge you for how real and raw you're going here uh, a lot of people don't use some of these terms but this is what guys use right so yeah, it's, it, it's, it's important true, to hear and and if you're a female listening to this show today and you're like oh that's offensive that term it's it's also real Right. That's, that's why I'm glad Jonathan's saying it because until we look at what's real, even if it's shocking or offensive, there's no growth. There's no, there's no moving forward until you get real about what's real. Yeah. And, and I'll be, and I'll be honest, if there's, if there are women or non-binary folks listening like to this podcast, I hope that my honesty, um, uh, if it is offensive to you, um, I, I would hope that you would forgive me uh, for the ways that patriarchy heteronormativity and the way our culture has hurt you. Um, I'm a part of that. Um, and I hope that that doesn't preclude you from meeting the Jesus that has never been a part of those systems and structures. That's it. That's exactly it. Right. And I want to go here for a second, just because I'm me, right? Listen, you know, whatever brokenness you're in right now, just get that 
it's broken. Something's not working in your life. We're not here to make you wrong. Just like, you know, people spoke into my life, some truth and it stung and it hurt and it hit my ego. And I didn't want to admit it, that I was broken and that I had dysfunction. And in my dating life, my dysfunction was attracted to the dysfunction in others. And that's why all my relationships weren't working. Right. And I had to own that and swallow that pill and it sucked. But once I got what was happening and what was keeping me from what I truly wanted, which was to be married and in love for the rest of my life, then I was able to surrender the brokenness to God. And God did the healing. I didn't have to go in and fix myself. And BC Nation, this is such a hopeful message. All the self-help in the world is not going to help you with the deep down woundedness, especially generational woundedness that has residue all throughout your heart. Only Jesus, the greatest heart surgeon in the universe, can go in and get it all out. And all it takes is your surrender. All right, so let's keep going here. We got sidetracked there. What do you wish you you had learned sooner about God? Oh, that he was my dad. There you go. Oh my gosh. Big daddy-o in the sky. Capital D, baby. What's a new habit you want to form? Uh, I need to find a new workout. I'm so old. I'm injured all the time. I got to get a new routine. (laughs) What's a bad habit you want to break? Oh, man. I tell myself stories to keep me from from being disappointed. Like, I I just – I like – I'm like, oh, well, like that, well, that may not work out. So then I just don't do it as yeah. opposed to, to taking the risk. So, yeah. Yeah, I got that. Uh, pick three words to describe who you are now. Oh, shoot. Uh, uh, beloved, confused. And if there was a word for, man, I, j- I just want to be close to Jesus. And I don't know how to do it. That's something uh, human. I- there we go. <laughs> human that's right welcome to humanity dude i got something for you after the show that could help with that sounds like a plan um pick three words to describe who you are before you experience jesus in your heart in a real way oh man angry uh afraid and striving angry afraid and striving sounds like a dangerous person working uh, man for somebody (laughs) exactly and last question jonathan if you could come back to life after you died look your family and your friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about life and about forever what comes next what would you say to them the the wages of sin is death and Every system that you trust in, every person that you trust in, everything you put your all into, if it is not Jesus, it will fail you. Even yourself. Trust him. Take up your cross, deny yourself and follow him for in him there, there is life. And there's no life apart from him. beautiful message bc nation jonathan saying the world will disappoint you people will disappoint you only jesus only god the father only the holy spirit will never disappoint any final wisdom what's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with god versus not um it is hard work but it's good work and wherever you have to go to get it just keep going the buffet with jesus always has more food just go back is it worth it? it? Oh is it my. worth all the work? Man, I have experienced instantly and over the long term 
if you bring him two fish and five loaves of bread, if you bring him what you have, he will multiply it and feed generations. My daughter is different because of the work. And, her, and my grandchildren, the, the God, I mean, yeah, absolutely. The food. What a powerful, powerful final message, BC Nation. Whatever your brokenness is that you feel isn't enough, you got only, you know, two fishes, five loaves, and you just think, ah, this is nothing. This isn't enough. Bring that to God, surrender it to him, and he will multiply it in ways you cannot. Yes. That's the message of hope with the gospel. And Jonathan, what's the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you and, and what are you working on now, et cetera? Yeah, um, best way to get in touch, all, all the social media stuff, um, Twitter, at Forever Focused, uh, Facebook, Jonathan Walton. Uh, but the thing that I want to invite people to, because my book's going to make you upset, because that's what discipleship does. Um, and so I would love to invite you to go to uh, patreon.com slash IVED and get on our emotionally healthy activist curriculum, um, because we need to be discipled out of um, what our culture is teaching us right now. Um, America is not the kingdom of God. The Bible is not the constitution. Jesus has great things to say to Republicans and Democrats, just like he says to Catholics and Protestants. And so um, what does it look like for us to enter into the kingdom as a full family, um, unified under him before the, the table? I think the Eucharist is a great image. There is no different cup. There's no red cup or blue cup. There's no undocumented or citizenship cup. There's no military or civilian cup. We all come to the cup um, to receive um, the, the, the bread and the wine um, to remember our Savior. And so um, that's what the book is about. Um, and I, I hope that you'll go to patreon.com slash IVED and join our Emotionally Healthy Activist community. Because if you follow Jesus, you're a part of the resistance. That's part, you're signed up. And so how can we um, be resistant to the patterns of the world and for the kingdom of God together until mm. he comes? Love it. Startup Nation, go check Jonathan out. He's been a great guest today and I really appreciate him. And if you need help, uh, BC Nation, with uh, any of the, what we spoke about today, um, remember faith is not a solo sport. You need mentors, you need spiritual coaches, etc. I'm a huge fan of this. I have spiritual coaches for myself because I don't know it all, not even close, right? But then I'm also a spiritual coach to others and I may be one or two exits past you know, or just ahead. And, and that's great. So if I can help you in any way to surrender and do that difficult thing, the most difficult thing that Jonathan's talking about, I do mm-hmm. offer a personal growth extreme 90 day boot camp. Um, and you can go find out more about that at josephwarren.net. That's josephwarren.net. And you're welcome to jump on a one-on-one uh, clarity call with me, a spiritual clarity call with me. I do not charge for that. You will get FaceTime with me one-on-one and you'll get a breakthrough and clarity in one area of your life. I promise you that. So if that's something of interest, go to josephwarren.net. Jonathan Walton, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, my friend. Amen. Thank you for having me. Blessings. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, overdrinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. 
Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap, you half-ass your workouts, your health is slipping, your finances are slipping, your marriage is slipping, your parenting is slipping, your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me, I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our shredded father's brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to shreddedfathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move.